How's it going, everybody? David Kloniger, South Carolina beat writer from the Charleston Post and Courier here in Gamecocks now, welcoming you to another edition of Countdown to Kickoff. Uh, South Carolina got off to a great start last week, beating Eastern Illinois 46 to nothing in a game that had a little bit of everything. So right now, the mood around Columbia is great. Everybody's happy. The team's won. Uh, Shane Beamers, you know, got his energy and his enthusiasm intact. Uh, and then they'll head up on the road to East Carolina this weekend. Uh, very proud and happy to introduce my guest for this week's countdown to kick off. Ryan Brewer, South Carolina uh, legend at running back and wide receiver. And of course, 2001 Outback Bowl MVP. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great, David. It's uh, yeah, everything moods are uh, great right now. We're world beaters. You know, we can take on the world. <laughs> Uh, no, it, but it was fun to watch. There's no doubt about it, especially being there in the atmosphere. As always, Gamecock Nation does does a great job at watching the sideline and just the joy joy of the, seeing the players out there and the coaching staff for the first time was that that meant more than anything to me. <laughs> oh, we appreciate everybody coming in. If you have some uh, questions, feel free to uh, fire them into the Q and A in the chat, and we'll get to them. Uh, but obviously, Eastern Illinois is on everybody's mind right now. And and Ryan, you know, you've been around uh, Shane since he's arrived here in Columbia. You've been out at some practices, as I have. And the most most the thing that most people talk about is energy and enthusiasm. How good was it to be in Williams Price last weekend and see? that energy and enthusiasm come together into the team and it really help uh, produce that, that game one uh, win. Yeah, it definitely, you're, you're hoping to translate from practice on to, you know, and at Williams Bryce and it did uh, just seeing the camaraderie, seeing the sidelines after, especially after JV's pick, pick six and, and everyone just kind of having a great time there. Uh, just, just, you can feel the energy within the players and the fans. And it's just, it's all positive right now. Obviously, you know, when you're winning, it's going to be positive. What's going to happen when you get, you know, get hit in the face, you know, what's going to happen then, see who the real leaders, you know, stand up. And that's going to be a real testament. But I think this team now is, uh, they're, they're definitely on the right track when it comes to just morale, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to what they're playing for now. They're playing for each other. They're playing for, you know, the, the names, you know, name on the front of the jersey. And that's, that's big. And I think these guys really are starting to, you know, corral each other and, and take each other on each other's wings and, and go play some really good football. Looking at the plays of last week, Ryan, and there were a lot of them, a lot of big moments in that game. What do you think was the most important play of the game where momentum really turned South Carolina's way and said, okay, there, there's no need to sweat this one out? Well, I mean, you got the first first defensive play of the game's a pick. So, I mean, right. that, that's the way to start off. Uh, you know, you got some block punts that were, you know, special teams knowing the Beamer name. Um, and talking to Coach Limbo a bunch and knowing how much they emphasize. And you've been to practices, I don't know. They, they put more time and periods involved in special teams than any team I've been around. And I'm a special teams guru. I love it. You know, but that's so when they're doing all these periods and all the meetings on the special teams, kickers are always out there. And they have, you know, a guy that's all he does is coach that. Uh, that that's big to see. That's going to be a momentum swing in any, any game. So there was a lot of things that happened, but obviously defense right when you step up to the plate and get a pick is, is huge. <laughs> and of course, there, we all had a lot of questions going into this season, uh, Ryan. You know, there were so many question marks on this team at wide receiver, at linebacker, at secondary. And I know it's just one game, but what was your biggest concern for this team in the offseason? And do you think they at least made some headway into answering that concern against Eastern Illinois? I don't know if they made headway. The concern I think everyone has is what's going to happen in the back half of the, of the defense, you know, DB wise, with everybody we've lost um, and what we, what we gave up last year. Um, but it's yeah, obviously they did great. The shutout, they had picks, they had a pick, they were covering people up. But again, you got to realize who your opponent is. Um, and, and really, a lot of those answers come with the rush that's happening up front, too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be the biggest key, I think, throughout the whole season is can these guys up front keep going the way they're going to so that the DBs don't get exploited out there. And I think, right. you know, the DBs, once they get confidence, that's a, that's a group that plays really mentally. Just they have to be confident. They have to be cocky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get that confidence and start building it. You're going to – you'll see it hopefully progressing even more and more throughout the season. But, again, that, that's still a question mark just because of who we played. They didn't get, you know, very good looks. A lot of quick games happened at them. Um, and they were stepping up, making plays when they had to. They did their job, but we still don't know exactly what we have back there. That's a really good point, Ryan, you know, because obviously they did play, I think it was 10 defensive backs in the game last week, but there were five more guys that could probably return this week, including R.J. Roderick, who right. suspended last week for a very minor off-the-field transgression. He will be back this week. And Roderick's a guy that could start. So you, you look at that, you bring in some fresh blood, you bring in some other guys that you can rotate in. Clayton White is a guy who does like to constantly rotate his defensive backs. How do you think that can help going against a team in East Carolina that has a very strong quarterback who can hit a lot of throws on the run? Yeah, you got an athletic quarterback that's going up against you. He's, so that's where the pressure, again, is going to have to be – you know, have to come from the outside edge, and we got the athletes to man up with him. When it mm-hmm. comes to rotating the DBs, so Roderick's going to be a big guy in there. You know, these guys are going to play hard. One thing I did like about the DBs, every, every one of them are flying to the ball. They're flying the ball. They're not afraid to hit you, not afraid to lay the wood, having no loafs at all throughout the whole game. And that's – you don't ever hear that. You know, defensively, you don't you don't hear that. Offensively, you hear it all the time. But defensively, is something – you know, that's, that's crazy. And if they can keep that up and that mentality uh, going forward, that's going to be huge. But having, you know, fresh lays coming in, not having one guy I can pick on, you're, you're pushing guys in and out of there, uh, just kind of changes it up a little bit. So the quarterback's got to keep reading. All right, it's a different guy over here, corner. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, mess with him. But Coach White's going to bring the heat. And you know, especially you know, what I've seen practice wise and in that game, he's not afraid to bring guys in. And the linebackers got to step up too when that happens and make sure they're making plays. Two positions you're very familiar with, Ryan, running back and wide receiver. Let's break them down how the Gamecocks did in your view. Uh, and first, let's start with the running backs. How do you think they played against the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, they they all got to get touches. Um, you got pretty much even touches throughout. I think it was 12-12-14 um, going through there. They, they all did fairly well. Not, nothing crazy. White had the big run, uh, which was you know, good to see him hit through the hole, explode, and, and have that long run. But a couple of these guys, they got to get more push up front with the line. That, that was kind of uh, concerning, maybe a little more than kind of concerning. Um, but they'll get that fixed. That, that O-line's a veteran group, and they're going to get that fixed. Um, and some of these guys just want you know, touch – White hasn't touched the ball that many times in a game. You know, and you got you got Lloyd, who's coming off injury, and you got Juju, who's never touched the ball in a collegiate game. So, right. a lot of these guys just – that's a lot of nerves going in there. You're just trying to you know, make plays. Knowing what I've seen with Lloyd and Juju, those guys are very explosive, especially laterally. You didn't see a lot of that, but I think you're going to see a lot more of that, more comfortable, more touches they get going in there. That's what I would have wanted to see from 21 coming out. I want to see him, you know, make that cut, get outside, and use that. You know, he's like a little jitterbug, man. That speed going there. So, uh, but Lloyd's Lloyd's a guy too that he's going to be more and more touch to get more confidence. Going to you know, going to have the biggest question mark is with Kevin Harris coming back. You know, how many touches the guys going to see anymore if if he's you know healthy? What's going to happen there? Because he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands a bunch, and he gets stronger as the game progresses, mm-hmm. as a lot of running backs do. So now you have a full stable of guys. And, you know, how do you, how do you split them up? You know, that might be one of your most solid positions when it comes to athletes and playmakers, but, you know, not all of them play at one time. 
That's one thing, right? I mean, you're obviously very familiar with that. You came in with some guys when you were in school. You had Andrew Pinnock there. You had Derek Watson there. What was Coach Holtz's philosophy of trying to rotate? Did he like to go with the hot hand? Was it always, you're going to play two series, you're going to play two series? How did he try to rotate that out? Well, that we, we created the wing tee, you know, or the power tee formation, whatever you want to do, the goal line, and make sure all three of us are in the backfield. Uh, you had, you know, a lot of times you'd have Andrew at fullback and Derek at running back and I'd be a slot receiver. So you found a way, you know, that's the one thing I, I'll, I'll play wherever. It doesn't matter. I just want to be on the football field. So, you know, I'd go slot when Derek comes out, I slide in running back or, you know, they go single formation, pinning and go back there sometimes and they, and we'd rotate, but we majority of the time we're always on the field. So we're always still in live action, still feeling the pace of the game, uh, things like that going on. So, you know, I don't know if this would happen, but you know, you put, Juju, you put them slot every now and then. You put some of these guys in there, uh, you know, and just let them catch some balls and things like double, you know, double back it. But Andrew Pinnock was a special, special animal. You know, that, that's a, yeah, he's he's bigger than any fullback we have now and can run faster than any, any running back. So, you know, that's a guy that you, you want to keep him on the field as much as possible. He's going to punish you, you know, the whole game, you know, throughout. So, and then you got the athlete of Derek Watson, which you haven't seen that, you know, around here much, any besides maybe Lattimore or guys like that, but not, not often. So, uh, welcome to our attendees who have just joined. If you guys got a question for myself or for Ryan about Gamecock football, uh, please feel free to submit it in our Q&A section. It's right down below. Uh, but in continuing, uh, Ryan, you know, you mentioned a little bit before about how the running game this week against Eastern Illinois seemed to struggle a little bit. From what I saw, they were trying to work the edges at first. The holes just weren't really there. That was a little bit of the downfield blocking from the receivers. And then when they tried to run it north-south, it was held up at the beginning. But then again, Eastern Illinois was stacking eight in the box. They were uh, running a lot of motion. So there's one thing to say, okay, look, maybe we're taking it too seriously. They did wear down as the game went on. Or you can look at it this way. This is Eastern Illinois. They're very small and they're very slow. And USC should have been knocking them on their butts from the snap. What did you think? Is it a concern going to East Carolina, especially when you know, well, now Kevin Harris is coming back, and that will make a big difference. I, I think it's kind of a combination. Um, my first thought is, hey, these guys, they're smaller, slower. They should be getting, you know, their tails whipped all over the field. Uh, but at the same time, they are packing the box. They were doing run blitzes. The play-action pass was there the whole game. We could have scored. I mean, they could have scored every time with a play-action pass. And that's not – if I'm the coaching staff, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to win this ball game. We got to get some work in. We got to get some – you know, make sure these guys are doing some things now. There were some missed assignments, some MAs, and there were, you know, with, with pulling uh, some of the guards and tackles and some, you know, blown, just straight up blown blocks. You know, running back's job is to make one miss, not to make one miss two yards deep in the backfield. Make one miss, you know, two or three yards deep and then then go get your five, six, seven and maybe explode after that. So that's – we've got to get to that. Now, you, these guys are getting coached up now. I'm sure they're getting yelled at left and right watching film enough to where they're going to get it down pat because this is, a, again, a veteran line. They're going to they're figure this out. And then you got the stable in there that of uh, horses that you know. I think with Kevin coming back too, you know, is going to be a, another game changer, just because he can, he's going to run downhill and make you know make you hurt every time you go attack him. And if y'all y'all out there haven't uh, heard or been keeping up with the news this week, Kevin Harris has been in practice. He's looked good. He's been in full contact. Everything seems to be good there. So we are anticipating that he will go up there and play. Now, in terms of a starter. I think it will still be Zaquandre uh, White. He's definitely earned that from the game he had last week. But when it comes to starting running back, it's like, well, they could have two guys out there at a time. 
It's like as Ryan was saying, what if they put one guy out there running back, one guy a slot receiver? Well, technically, you've still got another running back starting there. So we'll see how that goes. But Kevin Harris is set to play along with the other four healthy backs on USC's roster. Uh, and obviously, David, too, with White, he's earned it not just this game. He's earned it all whole offseason. Uh, he's been one of the best players the whole spring and through the offseason, uh, just through workouts and what he's done in practice. And uh, he, he's a guy that you know, has worked on every part of his game, holding on to the football, hitting holes, learning the playbook, doing all that. So that's why he, in my opinion, still should be the start starter and then see what happens throughout the, you know, the game with the hot hand. But you, the hard part, again, you got Lloyd. Lloyd had a decent game, too, and he's a guy that's going to have to feel it. But you still you got to put the leading SEC rusher in there sometime and figure out if he can, if he can go. <laughs> Definitely got to do that. Uh, you know, looking back at the wide receivers, uh, we had a lot of questions about them coming into the season, Ryan. Uh, you know, a lot of guys caught passes yeah. on Saturday, and that, that's a good thing. But really, they tried to open it up on the second play from scrimmage. They, they went long for Jalen Brooks. To me, Pass could have been a little a little better, but it did hit Jalen Brooks in the fingertips, and it's like, well, if it hit you in the tips, you probably should have caught it, whatever. After that, the downfield passing game kind of kind of disappeared, and they started going side to side. What was your view of how the passing game went, how the receivers played, and what needs to get better for this week? Yeah, it's, it's another – it's a tough one there. The first – like you said, the first deep ball, Zeb was probably a little too amped up, uh, throwing it through, had a little more energy than he wanted on it. Uh, yeah, again, it touches fingertips, but he's like, I mean, you lay out on that and, and see what you can do. Your ideal is your receiver. You're trying to catch and score those things, but yeah, just, just lay out. Let's get the catch first and go. Um, receiver core, I, I'd love to see how they grade it out, um, you know, through the coaching stuff. See, because if they're hustling, blocking downfield, things like that, what was going on? Uh, I, I didn't see a lot of negatives or positive either way there. Uh, just the, you have, uh, I think, just not many drops when it comes to it, which is good. Uh, again, but we're, we're throwing a lot of uh, we're throwing a lot of quick game, a lot of quick game stuff going on, uh, which is fine. You got to make somebody miss and make a play. And again, what are you setting up as a coaching staff? I know Coach Sat's uh, playbook is uh, you know you know however big you want to make it. it is the biggest playbook I've seen type deal. So they, they're going to have plays in there to stretch it out there. Uh, but again, depending on who's a quarterback too, if you're rolling out and stretching the field, get some more flood routes and things. I would like to see, uh, you know, but I, again, Van's been very surprising off season, how hard he's worked. And I, I'm one of the first guys to say I was down on him for, you know, last seasons. And, uh, but what he's done coming through his route running looked great. I watched him more than anybody. His route running looked great out there, catching the ball, getting a touchdown under him and having, you know, get again, confidence going into this game is big for him uh, just because you've got to keep growing, growing as a player day to day. And I think he's a guy that's going to do that. That was one thing too, Ryan. Uh, there, there were some uh, some thrown balls there that I thought, hmm, I don't, I don't know if you want to try that route against an SEC opponent. Maybe throwing into the middle of the end zone to your tight end and triple coverage on the left of the goal line, but it worked. So we'll see how it goes with those routes. Not only that's one of the toughest ones, David, because uh, toughest things because you're like, yeah, you watch. It's like, oh, yeah, that's you know, as an SEC opponent, they're probably not going to work. But in your mind, as as a quarterback, as you saying, oh, this is an SEC opponent, I know I can I can put it in there. So, you know, is he that good mentally? I can, I can, you know, feed this ball in there and, you know, go ahead and hit Muse for a tight, you know, tight touchdown. So mm-hmm. uh, you're hoping that's the, that's the case instead of, you know, you know, later on we're seeing, all right, he's throwing these balls and they're going to be, you know, picked off. Or at least <laughs> so going to East Carolina this weekend, Pirates uh, lost their opener to Appalachian State 33-19. Appalachian State's a good team. 
And as Shane Beamer has pointed out, uh, ECU had some just really bad mistakes that, that really ended up hurting them. A couple of turnovers, had a touchdown called back. And basically, they've been saying all weeks, like, hey, listen, USC has not proven itself yet to where they can think they can just go up and beat these guys because ECU lost App. What have you seen from East Carolina if you've been looking at them? Right. So I watched that game, uh, and App State is such a sound football team, um, you know, from all three phases, what, what they do out there, and kind of to the point where it's like, all right, well, first year's thinking East, East Carolina is not a very good football team because of what App State was doing to them. But then you see some glimpse of they're very explosive in times, just weren't very disciplined. Uh, when it came to penalties and, and turnovers and things like that. But that's things that can be fixed. That's things that, you know, that's you're hoping as a, as a Gamecock fan that you can exploit the turnover things. You can, you know, put them in situations where they do jump off sides or have, have the penalties as well. But their quarterback's very, very strong, physical, and run and can throw the football. Very, you know, he just didn't have a great game there. Or yeah. he's getting pressured in a defensive scheme of App State's messing with him. So, um they had some, you know, sometimes later in the game, it got some more, you know, yardage and stats that, you know, fillers on there. But I wasn't watching that game going, oh, man, ECU's a world beater at all. You know, I was sitting there saying, in my opinion, not knowing what we have as Gamecocks yet, not knowing what we have in the field, I was saying, well, we have a chance, if not a really good chance, watching that game against App State. So, uh, again, I'm still not, I'm still on board with that. I think this is a team that we come out there, even in Greenville, and uh, put it on them early. Then we, then we, we got to keep the, you know, throttle down on them, but at the same time, I think we'll be all right. And, Brew, to, to me, it looked like you do have to, to make it or consider the impact of the crowd up there. It's only a 50,000-seat stadium. It'll probably be sold out. Those fans are pretty rowdy. Uh, and Dave have, have pretty much marketed this as the biggest home game that they're ever going to have. I mean, it's the big, bad SEC coming into Greenville, North Carolina. And obviously, probably from what you know, from what I know, with the background of this game, a game at East Carolina was contracted years ago, if not decades ago, and USC has been trying to get out of it ever since. They've been pushing off and pushing off, pushing off, hoping to buy it out, and East Carolina was like, no, 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 no. You're going to come up here one year, and it just so ends up being the first year of a new coaching tenure. So that's something to be concerned with, but looking at the particulars of it, both of the lines – Offensive and defensive from East Carolina didn't look that impressive against Appalachian State. From that, you would think USC ought to be able to run the ball pretty well against Appalachian, I believe, had 220 rushing yards against them, something like that. So you would think, well, I mean, if you're worried about ECU's offense, and you probably should be, you keep them off the field. How do you do that? You run the ball. So from that just basic principle, Ryan, how do you think that could influence Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield's game plan? Well, yeah, this whole game is going to be one of the trenches. But like you said, D-line and O-line. Um, our O-line's got to play better than we did last week. And it's with our running backs that we have going on, we should be able to – if they ha if there is a crease, they're going to get, you know, five, six yards at a time. It might be methodical-type drive, short game, and every now and then a play-action type type game going there. But I, I don't you – know, like I said, Sat, Sat's got game plan and, and, you know, that's kind of – it's crazy every time you, you see what he can do on the field and play calling. So – I expect them to open it up some and things to happen, but this is still going to be a can our O line learn from what happened last week? Yes. Can they can they you know, correct the mistakes they made, get a little push, and let these backs do what they do best? And that that's going to be the name of the game. Now on the other side of the ball, our D line, I have no doubt that they're going to be able to make pressure, make plays. Uh, you know, obviously Eastern Illinois couldn't run anything on us, so 
I like to see when, when ECU tries to get lateral, get you a sideline to sideline to see our real speed, you know, what the, what our, our backs can do, or excuse me, our DNs can do and our linebackers getting out there. I mean, I feel like Green's been here for 20 years, and I want to see, you know, he's getting better and better every year. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of just – I really like watching our defense right now, what they're going to do, causing turnovers, causing chaos, and just hopefully they put in a situation that our defensive backs don't get exploited. Let's get to it, Brew. It's the elephant in the room. Uh, we, there, there's a quarterback situation here. Now, I'm not asking you to, to divulge any inside information. I'm just going to ask your opinion because I have my opinion, and I'll just go ahead and say it. I think Luke Doty's going to start. I think that makes the most sense. Nothing against Zeb Nolan because he played very well last week, but I think Luke earned the job for a reason. The only thing he did wrong was get hurt. So I think this is my belief, nothing else, that Luke will start. But what do you think about it? Who do you think should go out there? And do you think it might be a case where they play both? Right. I think I'm going to play both. And let's put it, Zeb has surprised me more than anything. Um, yeah. Zeb wouldn't be out there at all if Luke didn't get hurt. Now, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even be – he'd be out there, but he'd have a clipboard and, and you know, chase <laughs> him down. Yeah. yeah, and chase down headsets. But um, what he did in the short – you know, obviously the playbook, and I talked about this a lot, and he's the one that – had to write down the playbook. He knew this, you know, because he was coaching it. But coming off, you know, just playing a couple months ago, putting the cleats away, mentally putting the cleats away, not and literally, putting, and then coming in, having a whistle on, and then all of a sudden being asked or however that – I still want to know how that story happened. Hey, it's time for you. Can you come in here and, and play quarterback? And, you know, we need some arms, whatever. He just stepped up to the plate, man. He stepped up to the plate. He went out there. And the one thing I want to see, how he do in front of a crowd like that, and the kids just got stones. He really does. You watch him on practice. You watch what he's just nothing bothers him uh, when he's getting either yelled at or when he's getting you in practice stuff like that. It's, it's he he's more uh, he actually he internalizes things a lot better than I thought he would. And he as a guy, it's you know, he's mature. He's twenty four years old as well. So it was it was fun seeing that aspect of it and how when he went to Williams Bryce, he goes in there and there's you know it's just like no big deal. You know, he's never played, at least that I know of, in front of that many people. Now they're all on your side. They're all yelling for you. And the story and what you got going on right now, you know, I think Netflix and whatever is already after him, you know, trying to make the story <laughs> stories. I'm sure he's hoping, Netflix hoping that he is the starter and keeps carrying it in, in that way. But with all that being said, all that being said, Doty's the man. Doty's the guy. He's the guy, how he carries himself. Um, everyone looks at him as to be the leader. It uh, looks to him as, you know, because he is the starting quarterback. And uh, I just hope that I love when with Zeb coming there. I'm hoping that he pushes Doty up to another level and pushes mm -hmm. it puts Colton up to another level and Jason Brown up to another level. I got to get better because this guy just came here and showed us how it needs to be done. Um, but again, just from everything I've seen, heard, whatever, uh, when Doty comes in, he, he's the man. I'm just, you know, he needs to come out. He needs to come out positive right off the bat so everybody has his background. But not and all of a sudden we got this big quarterback controversy and, and game crack right. land. Put Zeb in, put you know, whatever. <laughs> that's the main thing. It's just don't let this become a thing. I think that's what we all want. It's like, listen, you understand that last week was kind of in any port in a storm. You had to do what you had to do. Luke was hurt. Thank goodness he's not out for the year, but you had to do what you had to do, and it worked. So now Luke is going to be back. And assuming he's 100% healthy, he should start. So it's just, okay, see how he plays. And if he plays well, there's no decision to make. But if there's any kind of question, and keep in mind, this is only going to be his third start should he start. 
and really only like his fifth or sixth game. So it will be a case of he's going to be under a microscope, especially if USC has the bad sense to lose this game and says, oh, man, what's going to happen now? So that's just my thing is like, don't let this become a situation where it lasts all year because, yes, the guys support each other. They do truly love each other and want each other to do well, but you don't want to have this go through a whole season where it's, is he the guy? Am I the guy? Is that guy the guy? I mean, you just don't want to have that confusion in your locker. It's a, it's exhausting as a fan, let alone, you know, I mean, we've, we've been going through this crap for so long with, you know, who's the starting <laughs> quarterback, you know, especially the Spurrier heirs when, you know, how many are we going to try to play? Who's going there? And, you know, then, and then it's, it's usually because it's not a good thing. It's because we don't have that, the man, we don't have the guy that just stepped up. I, I And I think Doty is the man, like he has stepped up. He's earned it through, I know, again, he's only played in a couple of games, but through the offseason, how he's been playing, how his knowledge of the playbook, how his, how the team rallies around him, you know, as his leadership ability, what he's done until he got hurt. And even after he got hurt, you hear what Beamer says about him. He's yeah. he's still – he's out there. He's, he's he's going crazy on the – whatever the cart thing, the wheelie, whatever. The heck Scooter, going, yeah. Scooter <laughs> thing going – you know, he's out there trying to, you know, to make sure that he is still a leader out there. And he, that's what he is. He, he's a true leader now throwing the football and doing all that is yet to be seen what he can do when it comes to live bullets again, because again, he's only a couple games in um, as, as a player, but he's still young, but he's, but mentally he's sharper than anybody I've known at that age. A little bit of trivia for, for Ryan and for the audience here. And I'm sure Ryan already knows, should there be a new starting quarterback this Saturday, even though Luke started games before it'll be the sixth different starting quarterback USA has had in the past 25 games. By comparison, Jake Bentley started 28 straight. So it just – it does make a difference when you do have to keep constantly switching that guy under center. But we'll this, see. This, this, luckily, this isn't like 1999, and we had, what, seven starting quarterbacks in one season. So Yeah, it, I, I believe it was three different guys started, but seven played. Well, I, constant confusion. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea who was the quarterback. Any game going oh, there. Yeah. And that, that really brings us into as well. I always like to close with, with this, Ryan. Just looking back at your career, four-year guy, obviously had a real rough season in 99, but it really rebounded in 2000 and 2001. You look back at your career and you had so many all-purpose yards. Switch between running back and receiver and running back and receiver. How would you sum up your career? Um, is it maybe a little frustrating that they didn't leave you at one spot? Or do you really like where your place is in USC history? Uh, it's, it's kind of both. I, I, I like obviously what happened, uh, you know, the 99 season being 0 and 11, um, mm. yes, yeah, frustrating, you know, whatever, but it, it, it bonded, uh, it bonded that 2000 team and for on forever. I mean, the groups of guys we have now, what we went through, the hell we went through, uh, the feeling we had that we never wanted that to happen again, you know, and then how much we worked in the off season, uh, together, the blood, sweat and tears is, it was no joke. I mean, what we did there at all. I mean, it's it made us so much stronger because we never wanted that feeling to happen again. Um, and obviously, when it comes to it, I mean, I, I came from Ohio. I was Mr. Football Ohio as a running back. I came here to play running back. But I also came here to do whatever the hell I had to do to get on that football field and make a difference, you know, for the team and for my teammates. And and when you know, it was asked to play slot, I was like, heck, yeah, I'll play slot. Asked to be a punt returner, you better believe I want to be a punt returner, kick returner kickoff team that was my favorite thing to do is run down there and hit the hell out of somebody on kickoff so you know it's whatever i had to do i mean i punted in a couple of games you know so yeah uh, whatever whatever's asked i'm gonna try my, my damnest and do it so that was that was part of it i, I 
I think at one time I was uh, getting close to breaking a record of most consecutive catches per game until I got hurt. I don't even remember what game I got hurt on. The LSU game I got hurt. Yeah. Couldn't the Tennessee game the next year, uh, next next week. Um, but that, you know, just things that were happening out there and obviously what happened with the Outback Bowl and uh, both Outback Bowls, uh, it was special. It's storytelling, you know, storybook time for those, but uh, it was just special and obviously would never take that away. And, Ryan, of course, we always got to talk about the game. Um, you know, how often do you go back and rewatch the 01 Outback Bowl? How often do you talk to your kids about it, maybe show them the video and be like, you know, Daddy Daddy was a pretty good football player back in the day. And this uh, may surprise everybody, but I watched that game for the first time last Christmas. Wow. First, first time. The first time I watched it from – I've seen highlights. I've seen, you know, so, you know obviously some Twitter things like that. But back then, you know, social media wasn't as big or even at all. Um, but, you know, at the end of the year, we didn't watch – there was no reason to watch tape on it. And I never watched the game really unless, you know, after the game we'd watch film on it. We'd, I'd watch, you know, one play 13 times, 15 times, and go to the next play, 15, you know, and see what we did every step, every, you know, every move we made right and wrong and try to correct it. So that was the end of the year. And that was one – I actually went down on mom's uh, basement. All my nieces and nephews and my kids were watching that game. I didn't know they were watching <laughs> I walked down. And I was like, you know, I've never watched this. So I sat down with them, watched it, and uh, you know, my kids were obviously they thought it was awesome, and all that. But it was just one of those things that I've just I don't know. It's just it's weird watching yourself. Do I was something. about to say, do, do all the play calls come back? You saying like, all right, I'm about to go slot right here. And <laughs> I mean, do, do you remember it from 20 years? You got to You got to realize I got hit in the head a lot. So no, <laughs> there's times like I don't remember that play at all. But there are some situations like, yeah, I remember, you know, I remember when that guy looked in that pile right there. I was like, look, zoom in, zoom in. That guy's grabbing my ankle and doing a gator roll on it right there. You know, or, you know that guy's grabbing me somewhere he shouldn't be grabbing me in this play. Like, there's things like that that, uh, that I, I definitely remember. Um, but, the, you know, for for how I was, I remember the negatives more than I remember, you know, the positives. The end of the game, I was I was done. The 2001 Outback Bowl, I was pulled out because uh, we were winning and uh, they put me back in as slot receiver just to make a block. Uh, for you know, for my for my teammates, and I, I made the block, but he shed me off and made the tackle. And I remember that more than anything, because I thought I was done. I was mentally out. <laughs> I was gone. You know, I was already in La La Land because of this game, and they put me back in, and I missed the block. And I remember that more than anything about that game. That and then uh, doing the interview with ESPN and John Cooper coming up to me and and congratulating me, but by congratulating me, he said, you know, son, I was a walk on too. Well, I didn't walk on, Carol. So right. it's just one of those like slap in the face moments. Well, this guy still doesn't knew, know who the hell I am. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Mr. Football Ohio of the decade. And this, you know, guy from Ohio State does still don't know who I am. Didn't, you know, well, didn't ever ownership. So, considering what happened to his career after that game, I think uh, you got the upper hand there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was another funny one. So I, I didn't fly another, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. One of them was not flying home with the team after that game because of the, all the great fans that were there to, at the terminal celebrating. Um, but I, because of being right after Christmas and new year's, I didn't get a lot of time with my family. So I flew back home to Ohio and this was, you know, obviously, uh, pre nine 11, this is pre, uh, when they shut down the terminals and stuff. So when I came off the plane, there were reporters at my terminal and I had no idea what was going on. And they first question I get is, how's it feel to get John Cooper fired? And I'm like, I, I, I had no clue. I'm like, I, no idea what just happened of course my smart aleck because i probably had something to do with michigan as well but you know i just i just <laughs> throwing that out there but 
it was just yeah those are the times it was a little crazy crazy times that's a terrific story, Ryan, and I want to thank you for joining me with this. Thanks for everyone else who joined as well. It's been a great countdown to kick off. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the Posting Courier, or even if you're not, check out the Gamecocks Now newsletter. I pull one out probably four or five times a week, and it's just about the inside view of what I hear from practice, what I can see, everything that I can't fit in the paper on a day-to-day -day basis, and we have some fun with it too. So be sure to check that out. Uh, we'll have another countdown for kickoff next week as the Gamecocks prepare to go down to Georgia. But for now, it's Saturday at East Carolina. So for this uh, edition of Countdown to Kickoff, I want to thank you again, Ryan Brewer, uh, for, for joining me here. And uh, it's been a great time. We'll see you guys down the road. Thank you. Go Cox.